Welcome to the Soul Activation Series hosted by myself, Ty Davis, and Adrian Kitchens. I, Ty Davis, I am a, a spoken word artist. I'm a visual artist. I'm a social entrepreneur and activist, as well as a podcaster. Um, and I've been uh, into uh, the work of personal healing and the work of community work. And I'm recognizing for me, uh, the goal in, in creating this podcast would be to create this connection between our personal healing as individuals and the community at large and to bring us into a greater space of how we can serve. So I'd like to introduce my co-host to you, Adria Kitchens. Adria, would you say hello to everyone? Hi, everybody. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. So Adria, also, would you uh, cover your your uh your background give us a little bit about who you are and why why what made you want to uh start this podcast series as well oh so um i am so excited to be here ty i am adria kitchens and you know my, you know my passion around transforming racism i am a senior certified feminine power coach facilitator and leader i am also um the leader and have the honor of leading a group of people with Equitable Dinners uh, Atlanta here who are creating conversations to, to transform and dismantle racism. And, you know, really for me, it's just that this is a critical time in our world and I feel called to leadership and so many things are escalating in our world and we are facing so many different challenges in our, in globally, as well as in our personal lives, especially Black, Indigenous, and people of color. Yes. And I think we're facing the tension yes. around that, uh, of the hope that we can finally name racism very clearly and have people, you know, really lean into that. And, um, you know, that it's not in the past, because I think that's what we were told, that it's all in the past. And, and yet we've been screaming at the top of our lungs. Still <laughs> here. not, right? It's still here in that you know, there's this growing weight of all the traumas that um, we have experienced uh, as Black people uh, in systemic racism and continued physical, psychological trauma and the harm that it, calls it causes. And so I'm feeling really called to take a stand. And I and one of my mentors, you know, said to me, and said to actually our entire group, that it is, this is the time that it, that is to take a stand. Like if there was ever a time in the world to take a stand for what, for what is good, what is right, uh, to have hope that this is the time. And we have the opportunity to really support people and create the context so that we can navigate through what's happening. And so that's why I'm here. And I wanted to create this podcast really, uh, as you know, you and I really have this passion around how we help Black, Indigenous, and people of color to heal from internalized oppression, internalized racism. And so when I think about like everywhere, I'm meeting people who look like me who are feeling the shift around what is happening in our world and that's before us and that we're holding all of this and it's, we're feeling tired and we're feeling exhausted <laughs> from having held it for so long and then looking at, oh my God, we still have to continue to hold it for ourselves and other people. And so I wanted to be able to provide a space, a space for us to just breathe for a moment and to talk about these things and to be able to actually also hold on to the hope 
that these things can change and transform. And so to have this space of healing, just of rest, right? Because that's really what it is. Like, how can I get into this place of rest and, and come to that? So that is really why I'm here and, and those three beautiful brown children that I have. And hopefully they can step into this in their lifetime. Like, really, how do we heal from here? That is so important what you said about having a place of rest. Because that it resonated with me so deeply because I think that for us, we have become so used to surviving racism that we're stuck in survival mode. And inside of being stuck in survival mode, you're hypervigilant, you're operating from a different mindset, you're not tapping in to yourself, right? And you're in survival mode, you're, you're skipping a lot of the internal processes that things that you should pay attention to. You're moving quickly, you're moving, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, you're trying to navigate you know, racism, you're trying to navigate patriarchy, you're trying to navigate all of the different mm -hmm. things. And then there's the poverty, the finances, there's the health. There's so many things that you're trying to navigate. You can't really stay grounded. Yeah. But in yeah. order for us to have uh, peace, it, it, it exists, systemic racism, right? It, mm -hmm. There's a peace that we need physically to exist in, and then there's a peace that we need to exist in mentally. And that place is our work. Yeah. Yeah. That, that we can't, there's no saviors that can come and show up and give us mental peace. <laughs> and so I think what happens is we develop a lot of behaviors to uh, vices even to cope with this constant barrage of things yeah. that gets thrown our way just to survive. It's a yeah. hostile environment emotionally and spiritually and physically to survive in. We get so tackled down and so bogged down with all of these things that come, we don't ever have chance a chance to really think about what does it mean to create space for ourselves, the area. I, I may not have control over the racism that's oppressing me, but I have control over my mind and I have control over what I put into my mind and what I put out. Now, how can I, with those abilities, with those things, how can I create a space of safety for myself? Yeah, see, I love that you say that because when we, when I think about the one place where we could have the quickest access, right, mm -hmm. the clearest access to really activate and support ourselves and activate our own, I say activate, but activate our own healing, right, is in this space of rest because I've really been exploring what that means, right, I've been looking at, um, I, you know, I'm still exploring this, but I don't know if you know much about Aikido, right? Which is the art of peace, uh, right? It's, it's a martial art, but it's based on the art of peace. And one of the things that um, Aikido masters talk about is that being at rest is our place of greatest strength, right? And think about that. Like if we can create the space of our, for ourselves, that's why I wanted to create this space. Being at rest is our greatest strength. Being centered, right? That's what we talk about. Being very centered, being at rest. That's your greatest strength. That's where you have the greatest access to be able to um, make the decisions you need to make, to, to navigate life as it occurs, 
to do all the things that we are called to do in the world is the state of being. It's being at rest. That is the greatest place. And to me, I think like you, we really want this place to be that. Yeah. Right. Where they come here and find their rest and in finding their rest, they find their strength. Yeah. Right. To overcome. And um, I said this the other day when I was, I was sharing on one of our feminine power webinars uh, was to, to uh, deliver ourselves like it's deliverance, deliverance yeah. from these beliefs these internalized beliefs that no longer serve who we are, right? That don't help us, right? Yeah. That keep us limited in our minds and our spirits that we've had to take on because of the systems in which we live. I call and, it the spirit of, I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't have time because I got to do, 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 do. <laughs> I got to keep doing, 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 doing. <laughs> I don't have time to be. <laughs> I don't have time to be. And, you know, when I think about, you know, when I, what I've learned, you know, in my feminine power work over all of these years is that in a very hyper-masculinized culture, because I love that you brought in patriarchy, right? Because we live in a white male supremacist system. And I loved, I was on a webinar recently where um, the facilitator, Vanetta L. West, talked about like at the top of this hierarchy is white male heterosexual Christian. Hmm. Right, that's at the top of the hierarchy. Everything else outside of that is considered right an aberration. <laughs> that's the top, right? That's at the top. And so, what I think about, what I think about that, I'm like, these are the these. Are, I lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. You're gonna have to edit this. No. I can't remember what your question was. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's okay because you were going over the hierarchy and talked about how yes. I brought up the patriarchy because really, yes. We're looking at everything under the lens of race. Yes, yes. Way bigger, right? Because yes. even if you look at it, patriarchy has existed long before racism. Race didn't really, I, I really believe, at least from my understanding, I believe that the concept of race in terms of being inferior, we didn't even begin to see that until the 17th century. Right, because we used to other people in other ways. And so that's why, that's why I like to thank you so much. I love that you brought that up, right? Because in a hyper-masculinized system, we only see things like the dominant culture that we have to do. Mm -hmm. And we don't understand what it means to be in a truly feminine or creative related space of being, mm -hmm. right? Where we use, where it takes time. Because <laughs> that's what you talked about. I don't have time. It takes time to relate to people, right? It takes time to connect with you. It takes time to connect with ourselves. And so like this space is a space for us to connect with ourselves, to connect with one another, to connect with something that we see is calling us forward, something greater than ourselves, right? This divine to, to, to access and connect with our own spirituality so that we can be in this place of rest and healing and and our uh, and our own empowerment. And I love that you shared about like, there is no savior coming to save me. I am going to have the power and really be empowered to save myself. I don't have to wait for anybody else. I don't have to wait for white people to figure out their system. That's right. Because now I'm going to be empowered. And once I'm empowered, then I know what I need to ask for. <laughs> And I know what I need. I know what I need to start asking myself for, 
and I know what I need to start asking them for. So, you know, I, I just love that you were sharing all the isms. Oh, and it's, it's, it, is, it is so critically important. And I love that you shared about the fact that time, right? And especially that's just where I was going to go with that, that if you don't have time to connect with yourself, and, and, and it's so destructive because when we really think about it, the black body, right? It, it mm -hmm. just, I'm just using because I, as a black woman, if we think about the destruction and all the things that, well, if we don't have time to care for our physical bodies the way we should, if we don't have time yeah. to care for our spiritual bodies the way that we should, then who does that work? No one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's another side. There are there are there are places, at least for me, what comes up is this is about activating the soul that's went in. And if there's one thing, if it, if it only if the only thing standing between you and your true liberation was time, would you have it then? It's <laughs> such a great. Yeah. Right. Because if you realize, you know, because there's nothing really in life that's worth putting your health aside and we do it all the yeah. time. I'm, I'm one of those people that, you know, when I worked in IT, I would have to go to the bathroom and I would be working and I would sit there and I would hold it knowing hold it. I, and, and it's, and it seems like so rudimentary, but when you look at it, how many of us ignore a physical ignore? Pain? Yes. We ignore the physical pain in our body. We ignore the, 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 every symptom it's like because we're so focused on i don't have time yeah we ignore the signs and symptoms we ignore and it and it works in the good and it works in the bad we're ignoring things that are coming our way that are meant to improve us yeah because we're so focused on i gotta go do this we're so focused on things we're not able to really allow ourselves to dream the bigger dream and say what does it look like if I had the liberty, what would my life look like if I had the freedom to be who I wanted to be? Yeah, I love that. So I was, I, I just want to share this because I think that's beautiful. I was, I was in a meeting recently with two of my feminine power uh, sisters, Lori McDaniel and Caroline Hopkins, and we're putting together this workshop for our feminine power community mm -hmm. on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And one of the things we talked about was this idea of time, mm -hmm. right? So like time as the villain and time as the ally. And I love that Lori brought that up because I was like, that is so true. And that's what I hear what, in what you're saying, mm -hmm. right? Because there is, there, there is this way in which we never have time. It's like, it's, it's this villain, right? We never have time. We always, I don't even, because I, I know exactly what you mean. Like I won't even take care of my own self. Oh, I don't have time to eat. Oh, I don't have time to sleep. Oh, I don't have time to use the restroom. Something that should be clearly us taking care of ourselves. Right. And when she talked about, um, I loved what she said, she talked about time as an ally. And I was like, that is such a beautifully profound thing to say, because there is a way in which time, we can look at time as giving us a sense of urgency, which is what you brought up when you started, right? Mm -hmm. There's a sense of urgency in this time that we need, to, there is something that needs to be done, right? With all this happening, because that sense of that's time as an ally, right? There should be time. There should be the sense of urgency in our in our in really activating us to move forward. Mm -hmm. And yet, there, um, I think what we live inside of, which is what we're bringing up, inside of the system that we live in, the supreme, this dominant culture, male hyper masculinized white supremacist system, 
time is a villain and time is all we don't ever have time we must do we must do we can never take the space of rest to help ourselves just rest and be to regain that connection with ourselves to come back and be whole and recognize that time that time is on our side like that's just space <laughs> and that's why i love you know learning about aikido because i was like that's so fascinating that I am my strongest when I am at rest, right? When I find the place of full rest, I am my strongest. Because <laughs> yeah, you're thinking clearly. You're replenished. Right. You know, you're right. And it's, it's, it is just so perfect. And again, if you look at this, the idea of time as the villain, it is very Western-centric. If you look at other cultures throughout the world, Eastern cultures, you look at, you know, just places, other places, we, we, we have a running joke. I think part of us as, as a part for, for Africans to be, you know, American and African in the diaspora mm -hmm. is that we are really operating uh, counter to our natural state of being. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's how we've carried CP time. It's so funny to me. <laughs> you know, we make jokes about it, but yes. there are things that, you know, it is, it is truly, we make jokes about it, but it really relates to the state of being. Yeah. And, and that we come from the, uh, a continent that most of us have not been to, and we still carry that culture. And it's even brought forward in our language and the African American and African yeah. vernacular, AAVE, mm -hmm. vernacular English. Every it's in the way we speak. Yeah. The way we be, you know. Yes. Doing this. She yes. be. It's oh, like, that is so beautiful. Our our natural way of being. It is, I think it's a part of us. It's what we carry, yeah. just like our food and our DNA. But we're living in a society where we want to be, you know, inherently our DNA is screaming, let's be. But we're stuck in our mentality in towards of let's grind, let's drive. And we operate things under a dom a Western dominant culture that is counterproductive to our natural way of being. Well, I love that you say that because you think about, I mean, that was really taken away from us, right? Yeah. Like when you think about being, you know, people enslaving us, mm -hmm. that natural way of being was really stripped from us, right? Yeah. This being, this, this spaciousness, this not being on a continent that where the weather was warmer, right? I don't need to rush and do things because it's not cold, <laughs> right? Nothing's gonna freeze up on me. But, um, you know, the, um, and I, I mean, I've been working at taking butt out of my vocabulary. So it's like, and I love that, like the, this natural way of our, our even our speaking mm -hmm. talked about being, right? And so it's like, it's, it's all these things that, that have been, um, that have been pushed upon us by a dominant culture that we're supposed to take on that doesn't allow us to really just stand and be inside of who we really are. And so it's almost like we have to grow and cultivate again, this beingness. Yes. Right. Like that's a skill, like a capacity we need to take on, on that being is actually more important than doing. Like the beingness helps us do, <laughs> the being, helps us do more. <laughs> it's in the being, 
we get so stuck in doing sometimes what i've what i've learned i remember the first my first introduction to this kind of concept the very first book i've ever read that was written by an african was um things fall apart by chinua achebe one of the things that i remember in from that story just a really beautiful story but inside of the story was a presence Mm -hmm. you know it's it's their actions are driven by being first Mm -hmm. inside the story inside the witch doctor and all of these the the mysticism and magic is being Mm -hmm. and and sitting with something and the answer sometimes it's we're so accustomed to i've got to go do 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 that we don't really think sometimes i found that the best planning that i have comes when i sit with the idea that i have if i come up with an idea and I just want to go execute and I don't take any time with it. Yeah, it comes out a little bit different as opposed to when I sit with it. Yeah. And I wait in that in that concept of the time, allowing time to bring the answers to me. Because yeah. if I have the understanding that I am not just me. There's I think part of that also is that inside inter- indigenous cultures is the inherent understanding of our interconnectedness. Yeah. With the universe and all everything around us. So when we understand there's an interconnectedness between us as human beings and the earth and the sun and yeah. the moon and, and all everything that happens, we are all a part of this ecosystem that in itself begins to shift our concept of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what what you're naming, like, that's what I found through feminine power. Right. Like this, this essence of being, being. and and it's. You know, and maybe my, my path is probably a little backwards, right? Because <laughs> it would have been great to find that through my African culture. <laughs> and yet that just speaks to like how, how disconnected, right, we are from our own knowing of our own culture. Uh, even though I will say my parents gave me lots of my culture, but it's, it's, it's the pieces of African culture, right? I think you're probably closer to it in your family, uh, be it, you know, with your heritage, a Caribbean heritage, right? And um, like through feminine power was where I really found that naming of being, being the most important thing, like really leaning into that shamanic kind of uh, space where you could like that indigenous part of ourselves or that primal almost part of ourselves, right? That um, takes us into this new space of showing up with the divine, like really being deeply connected with the divine in a really powerful way. Like that was my access to it coming from that. And that's when I began to really appreciate um, my own indigenous culture, right? Like that, that state of being deeply connected with the earth, right? And, and, and earth being something that we are one with, right? Like what I do to the earth impacts me. <laughs> and then what you named, like the interconnectedness, being connected with other people, like I have an impact on not just an impact on other people, that other people need my contribution and value my contribution. Like so if I don't if I don't show up uniquely as who I've been called to be, there is something missing. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not that somebody else can come replace me, because I think that's actually a very masculinized way of looking at like somebody can come replace you. Actually they can't. There is a uniqueness to the divinity that is within you in this earth, in this time, in this plane, (laughs) 
that only you can bring. And I think there's a way in which that gets stripped from all of us. And so I love that you are like the, the way that you're sharing it, because my, my entrance into this was really around like gender. That was a bit like naturally inside of me. I could never figure out what I was reading in my Bible about men being ahead of the house and women not having, I was like, what is this? <laughs> like naturally in my body, I like rebelled against it. I rebelled. <laughs> and so my entrance into this was through a different conversation. And then I came to this, you know, it was like that feminine identity then led to this identity that I have as a black woman and saw those intersect. And that gave me like opened up for me this access to, um, the power and the presence of who we really are as a people, right? That whole intersection just, just like, was like a great, like huge door opening to say, oh my God, this is who we are. This is, this is who we are in our own primal indigenous way of being. And that actually has just as much presence and just as much value as something that we, you know, we, we have been so taken away from our, of who we are as a people. And especially in, I think in all indigenous cultures, right? It's been looked down upon it is. as if it's not good enough. And actually that is who we are at the essence. Like and that's that feminine piece. I think it also sets the stage. And I know, I don't know if it's how the going off a little far off topic, but I think it <laughs> stage for where we are right now because I think yeah. when we look at it inside of any indigenous culture um, there are beliefs that are supportive of uh, community um, of, of, of this like I mentioned the interconnectedness yeah. but also inside of that it 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 it, it focuses on uh, sort of like a stewardship and a personal responsibility. And mm -hmm. I think that when we look, you know, and what that does, I think, is it shifts our, our view of each other as individuals, as beings. Yeah. Because yeah. I think when we look back, and I, you know, and I just, that's the reason why I took it a bit broader than race and into patriarchy, because, you know, yeah. patriarchy is older. And patriarchy, what that actually involved was, you know, cutting off half of the world's population from power. Mm -hmm. And then also when we think about it, um, even I think most of our indigenous cultures have been impacted by colonialism in some way. I'm mm -hmm. not sure that there really is a continent that's on the planet that hasn't been uh, affected in some way by, yeah, you know, so. There hasn't been. Right. So even in Africa, you know, our indigenous, our original religion is not what's dominant. It's Christianity and, Muslim, and Islam. Those are what's dominant. That's not mm -hmm. what we originally connected to. So but I think even inside of that, that when we can really break it down and just look at a really broad lens, yeah. it draws us into ourselves. If we look at past religion, past man's law, past male, female, and yeah. we look at the largest part of identity of who we are in terms of yeah. our being, our spirit. Yeah. I think that's where we find if we connect into that, regardless of what, regardless of the shell that I'm in, when yeah. I begin to connect to this, the inner parts of me, and, and which requires the time we spoke of and the presence and the awareness, I think that's where I can begin to tap into a power. And I have to say it, I, I feel kind of uh, remiss because I, I, when I did my introduction in the beginning, I didn't mention, and I should, that I've, um, I've been a recipient 
of of your feminine power life coaching and, uh, and and that has helped me tap in to help evolve into the place i'm in now as well as being a facilitator for this cultural equity work yeah. so being in those spaces and again all of that stuff is about being right the first part was about me tapping into myself mm-hmm. and once i tapped into myself i remember the first time i you know was introduced to any equity dinner i thought it, i was going to be looking at a bunch of people in maga hats and i went from that and having that fear to me operating in this space of being mm-hmm. a facilitator mm-hmm. And yeah. doing it so immensely. And I didn't get to the state of being until I tapped into myself. Yeah. So I, you're not off topic because I think it's like what gives us access, right? Yeah. Like what does spirituality offer us? Yeah. Like during this time, yeah. give us access to really deeply connect with ourselves and collectively. Because that's what I hear you saying. Like that's that's what spirituality offers us, right? That access to that. To really be able to step into something that's bigger than ourselves, to recognize that there's something on our side, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, that's 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 organizing, and that's organized around our greatest success and unfolding and potential of all who we could be, in our development in the world. And I think accessing that for me, I know really helped me to say, oh, I actually do have value in this world. And I think when I think about, you know, if we just use the BIPOC acronym, right? When I think about us, I think there's a way in which we have been told that we are, uh, that we don't matter, that we can be thrown away, that our lives don't matter. Um, uh, That's why it's okay to kill us. That's why it's okay to, to choke us, you know, with your knee, that we don't matter. That's why it's okay to, to kill us when we're sleeping. Um, it's okay for mass amounts of us to die because we have in, in all parts of the world, right? We have been told so much that we don't matter. And it's like inside of understanding like, oh, I actually do have a calling and a contribution to make to this world that there is something greater in this world who, that is calling me forward, Right that I matter, that I must be here, right? <laughs> that can bring me to get, you know, that helps me to connect with myself. Mm-hmm. That helps me to connect with you. Like, no, it matters what I'm saying. It matters what I'm doing with other people. It matters how that looks. It mat, you know, all of that matters. And so I think you are right on point to bring up our spirituality and what that means and, and how um, in our own cultures, our indigenous cultures, how important that was, right, for us, that it didn't mess, it didn't look like Christianity, it didn't look like Islam, and that's okay, not that there's anything against those, but it didn't look like that, <laughs> Yeah. right, and, and you know, we're just talking about accessing, like, accessing the deeper parts of who we are, and I think we were, we were talking about that earlier when I was talking about kind of this exploration, and, and really this, this, kind of new way of admiration of looking at the black church and how you can see the parts of our indigenous culture come through that. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. I was appreciating how those pieces continue to show up in who we are. You know, the rhythm of song, 
um, the types of songs that we sing, the depth with which we sing it, the dance and all those things that show up inside of, like it was just a shift in how I was saying, oh, wow, like I can really see the pieces of ourselves that are still present, like that could never be taken away from us. It could like, never be. It's just because it's a part of who we are. And we yeah. just don't recognize that we've shifted the meaning of it. You yeah. know what I mean? And even in the terms of this, the spirituality. But I think there's just, it's a really great point that you brought up. And it made me think about something as simple as the altar. Because mm. I, I know that altars, having an altar has always been a part of our indigenous uh, mm. understanding and belief and things that go mm. on those. But as a part, you know, when we look at it under the Christian lens, we're taught that personal altars are bad. But where, where, where do we go every Sunday? Mm-hmm. Where do we lay our burdens down every Sunday? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where do we kneel and pray? What do we do? Yeah. What do we yeah. have at the end of every service and yeah. altar call? So what that did is it just shifted. It's not, you know, and if if we can understand that the only place that we don't have to be in a in a specific building to access yeah. the deepest parts of our soul yeah because it's our soul is with us everywhere we go <laughs> it is yeah us, right and, yes. and it, for me that's what makes this a soul activation series and that's why i just yeah. love to bring that into it because again it was i just wanted to highlight and lift up that for 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 me what what brought me to this microphone right now yeah. was the process of literally activating my soul through yeah. going in and working it out. I love it. <laughs> going in and working it out. I love that. That's absolutely gorgeous. You know, when I think about, if I were to, you know, as I, I would, you know, think about us kind of closing out, right? As for our first soul activation series <laughs> session, you know, I think about if there was anything that I could leave with people. I think it is um, really sensing into this deep space of who we are to ourselves, who we are in our collective knowing, like with each other, and then this deep, deep space of connecting with a divine spirit, something that's greater than ourselves, that our souls our souls, like inside of the series, I, my prayer and my hope and my intention is that our souls can find rest, right? And in that rest, we, we, we gain our strength, we gain our sanity, we gain the deeper truth of who we are, and that we take that forward and we create a new story about who we are in the world. We don't let other people define who we are in the world. No longer can anybody else define me. Like that was the power yes. of what I took with me. Like nobody else can define me. I get to write the new story of who I am. And I think what I sense is in this time is that we get to write the new story of humanity, of who humanity can be, right? And that to me is pretty powerful. Like how do I in my own showing up Begin to write the new story of who I am. And if I write the new story of who I am, that actually shifts who everybody else is. Yes. Right? And therefore, we shift who, you know, who we are as humans on this planet and on this earth. Right? And all these other systems have to dismantle and, and fall down inside of that. Period. 
Exactly. <laughs> and it all comes to so I totally I cannot agree more because again, I think that when we go in uh and 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 really connect with that self and and it, you talked about the identity shift i think that's where it's going to to lie yeah. because we find if uh, systemic racism has all been built on this concept of race and yeah. black and white but when we yeah. understand like i you know said my great grandmother is white she's scottish so you know really what is that you know mm -hmm. so when we really go into ourselves and connect to who we are I, and I know you and I talked about this, right? The more I search for my blackness, the more I found my whiteness. And then I realized that there's, it's something that's bigger than that. And there's yeah. different reasons that even as I began to study my Scottish roots, I began to understand that even Scottish people were indigenous people. They were ritual worshiping people. They were polytheistic people before Roman Catholicism became a part of, of that landscape. So I think that the true answers for all of these things really does lie into tapping into who we are as individuals. And I wanted to share that. Um, so my website, my business is um, Boasso Black Media. I'm a media person as well. My website is www.boassoblackmedia.com. And I wanted to share that because it's being redesigned right now to put together the tools. And I'm so grateful for this conversation, this space, because what we do is we create a space for people to say, okay, what does it look like to grow and evolve, right? Yeah. This is about evolving ourselves as human beings. And how do we do that without having this space? So this podcast, the Soul Activation Series serves as a space. And in my website, I know I'm putting together pieces that show how I personally work through uh, the systemic trauma, the oppression, and how I've uh, tapped into myself and, and activated my soul through that part. And Adrian, would you like to share your website as well? Yes, I would. So you can find me at coachadria.com and C-O-A-C-H-A-D-R-I-A.com. So coachadria.com is the best place to find me. And if you want to be a part of our uh, equitable dinners that we shared about, you can go to equitabledinners.com uh, and also find me there. So I am so excited and grateful to my friend, uh, and sister, sister friend, uh, Ty Davis, for agreeing to take this journey with me <laughs> and hop on, hop on and say, hey, let's do it. So I'm so excited that we were able to do this. So yeah, join me there. I am so excited too. And I, I thank you for even for spelling yours because I know I ran through my website so quickly. And you might want to spell it. identity. <laughs> Boasso is spelled B-O-A-S-O. -S so it's www.boasso, B-O-A-S-O, blackmedia.com. Uh, so again, I thank you all for joining us for our very first episode. I hope that you all have uh, gotten the same type of, in some type of inspiration from us. Uh, come back and join us uh, next time. Um, and we will see you soon. Yeah. Hey, you want to say a goodbye to the people as well? Yeah, be in rest. Amen. Amen. Love it.